0: From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present, Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all his fullness to men and women in all their need.
1: and welcome to this uh, latest broadcast from Let the Bible Speak. We're very glad you can join us today and trust that God will bless the Word uh, to your heart. I'm going to read the Scriptures of Truth at uh, this time. I'm going to read from Matthew's Gospel and the chapter number 13. Matthew chapter 13 and reading from the verse number 10 through to 17 and then another section towards the end of the chapter. Matthew 13 verse 10, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes. For they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. And then over in verse number 44, the chapter continues this way. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. I'm going to pray and seek God's face for his blessing upon the preaching of the word at this time. I encourage you. Uh, Where you are at this time, may you even settle your own heart and bow your head before God and ask for God to bless you personally under the sound of His precious word. Let's all pray. Eternal God and Father, we enter into Thy presence again in the name of Your Son and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank You for the one who is the sole head and King of the church, the only Savior, the only Redeemer of mankind. We thank you, dear Father, for this time to consider your word, uh, to consider what you say to us regarding the nature of the gospel and the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. We pray that you'd bless the word to each and every soul that hears it today. We pray that their ears would be opened, that their eyes would see the glory of Christ, and having seen Christ, they would love the Savior and follow him with all of their hearts and lives. We thank your Father, of perhaps the troubles that are experienced in, the, in those who view, and we pray that this word would be a word in season to all. Do add your blessing to it. May Christ be glorified. May he be honored and exalted, and may his word run, indeed, and in a free course and be glorified. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to draw your attention to the subject of the kingdom of heaven and the great value of the kingdom of heaven. But as we consider that subject, I want to ask you a question. What is the most important thing in your life? What is the one thing that you would never want to lose? What is perhaps one thing that you would want that you don't have at the present time? You see, human nature is so very interesting. And the Lord Jesus, taking our humanity had a perfect understanding of human nature. And he understood that the things that we desire, they reveal our true heart. Our desires reveal our loves. And so when you think of the most important thing in your life, you really are getting an insight into that thing that you love more than anything else. Of course, there are degrees of love, and there are things that we uh, feel very highly about, of course, I understand that. But these matters of desires, they do indeed reveal our hearts. And the Lord knew that. And as he taught people in his ministry, he would use these parables to really draw a light upon people's nature and the situation of their spiritual frame. And so we've read two parables in this broadcast, two parables regarding the nature of the kingdom of heaven. One is like unto treasure hid in a field. The man finds a treasure, and for joy goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. In the second partible, there's a merchant man, and he comes as he searches, comes across this pearl of great price, and sells all that he has and buys it. Now undoubtedly these two partibles are linked, and they're marked by tremendous similarities. In both cases, there is an item of great value. There's a treasure hid in a field. Now, again, we've got to take ourselves back to the context of the Bible times and the Gospel and recognize that prior to modern banking, treasures were often hid in a jar. And the jar was placed somewhere known only to the owner. But what may happen from time to time is that the owner may die unexpectedly, and then the treasure remains hidden waiting for some uh, person to stumble across it in some agricultural pursuit. And so it happens in this case, the man stumbles across this treasure. The other parable, of course, deals with the matter of a a pearl, another item of great value. Of course, pearls in Bible times were known as items of royalty, and pearl harvesting was certainly difficult and dangerous in those days. And Hence, to stumble across a pearl free from defects and imperfections, uh, it was indeed a pearl of great price. And so the individuals here, the man who finds a treasure and the merchant who finds this pearl, oh, they, count, they count these items of more value than all that they have. And so they, they sell all they have to get that item of exceeding value. And so these are the similarities in these two Parables, and yet, of course, there are differences as well. One man finds uh, the treasure accidentally, uh, whilst the other is on a search. And so, yes, there are some uh, differences, but in essence, they're bringing together the same basic lesson, namely that the kingdom of heaven is of great value. The kingdom of heaven is likened to these things: to treasure in a field, and to the pearl of great price. The kingdom the kingdom of great value. Now again, this broadcast doesn't allow the time to develop the subject of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. They are synonymous terms in the gospel. But what they speak of is the reign of the king. In kingdom, we think of kingdom sometimes in geographical boundaries. But again, in the language of the gospel, the kingdom referred to the reign of the king, namely Jesus He is the great king, and in his coming, the king of God comes into this world, and Christ's kingdom speaks of his reign over the hearts of men. Christ's kingdom is his his, his governance of those who come to trust in him. And so these parables are giving us an insight into the value of Christ's kingdom, and also the process whereby men come to enter the kingdom. They come to see the value of the kingdom. They sell all they have to to have Christ Jesus. You see, to be saved in Bible language is to have Jesus Christ as your savior and your Lord. It is to identify Jesus as the Christ, the great prophet, priest, and king. And as king, we submit to his rule and we are part of his kingdom. We know from Christ's teaching elsewhere that those who are born of God, born again, are those who see and enter the kingdom. And so when it describes the matter of the kingdom here, it is describing the nature of gospel salvation. What is it to be saved? How uh, how do we come to know the Savior? What happens in this matter? Well, let me identify just four very basic steps in this process in the receiving of the kingdom. Well, first of all, there is the step of recognition. Recognition. The first step, if you like, in coming to Christ is to encounter the gospel. Simply put, men are presented with the claims and the glories of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the Lord commences his ministry, Mark's gospel describes his ministry as a coming of the kingdom. Mark 1.15 says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand or has come. Repent ye and believe the gospel. And so you see, in Christ's ministry, there's a connection between the coming of the kingdom and the necessity of sinners to repent and believe the good news of the gospel. Kingdom. The kingdom of God has come. Christ has come. Men must recognize their sin and run to the Savior. Well, the kingdom, therefore, is the gospel. The good news. The wonderful truth of Jesus Christ as Savior and King. And so to have the kingdom is to have Christ. To have Christ is to have the kingdom. And so Christ really is the treasure in our parables, and he is the pearl of great price. And so when we come to know the kingdom, this first stage, if you like, is the recognition, the recognition, the encountering of the gospel. Some stumble upon the gospel in many ways. There are those, and they're like the man that finds his treasure in the field. They are really perhaps in confront with the gospel when they're not expecting it. And perhaps that's you today. And perhaps someone comes alongside you, maybe a friend or someone else, and points you in the direction of the Christian gospel. Or others, though, they have a process, a time, when they are seeking to discover truth and to understand the, the meaning of life and the significance of these things. And they're they searching. They're searching for truth. You know, this second parable of the pearl of great price is an encouragement. Those who seek shall find truth. Those who seek with all their heart and with all their soul, the word of God tells us, thou shalt find the Lord thy God. And so in this recognition, there's a confrontation with gospel truth, a, a presentation of the kingdom. You're, you're, you're shown the glory of Christ Jesus. The context of this is, of course, man's sinful condition. Man has fallen in sin Through their first parent Adam, and they live, they're born, and they practice sin, and their sinful condition is, if you like, the the context of the coming of the kingdom. The The kingdom is good news, but good news for who? Good news for sinners. Good news for those who recognize that they're undone before God, they're lost and hopeless without the gospel. They come to recognize the context of their sin. When they come to see the content of Christ. They're, they're told the mystery of the gospel. In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. They, they come to recognize that God sent His Son into the world to be the Redeemer. Christ came. He lived. Died. For sinners. He rose again the third day, He rose triumphantly over, over the power of, of Satan and the grave. And even now, is at the right hand of God. You, you're confronted with these gospel truths. Bring to the conclusion that the sinful man recognizes that the only hope they have is in Christ Jesus. No other Savior, no other Redeemer, the one Savior sinner has been the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Recognition. But secondly, there is this step of realization. Realization. You see, when you come and you're confronted with the gospel and you recognize the truth of the gospel claims you come to realize something very, very important having the kingdom is worth more than anything else you see for the child of God if they're asked a question I asked at the beginning what is the most important thing in your life for the child of God they will say Jesus Christ I'm being part of his kingdom Christ is worth more than anything else and worth more than everything else We come to see a beauty in Christ. We realize he is worth more than all that we have. When Peter writes his first letter, he used this terminology, unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. The child of God identifies that Christ is of unspeakable value to them. He's worth more than everything else. Christ is worth more than religion. The apostle Paul was a very religious man as Saul of Tarsus. He understood the importance of of having an obedient life before God. And yet, when he considers all his religiosity, he comes to the conclusion in Philippians chapter 3, I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and to count them but done that I may win Christ. Christ is worth more than religion. Christ is worth more than our possessions. There was a rich young ruler who came to Christ and again the Lord confronts him with his sin and challenges him, sell all you have and come and follow me. But his possessions were worth more to him than Christ was and so he did not follow the Savior. You see, for the child of God, they recognize that Christ is worth more than all of their earthly possessions. There's nothing more valuable than knowing the Lord and coming to faith in Christ. He's worth more than popularity. You see, therefore, there are many, and they they come to be confronted with Christ. They, they, They hear of Christ, but they do not perceive His value. And they will not leave their place in the crowd in order to have Christ. They will not leave the popular majority to identify with one who is a suffering Savior, worth more than religion, possessions, popularity, yea, worth more than pleasure, we see that in the account of Moses in the Old Testament. Uh, that's recorded for us in Hebrews chapter 11. Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Why? Because he esteemed the reproach of Christ. Greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He had pleasure and treasures, and yet Christ was worth more to Moses than all of those things because he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. There is this realization. Have you ever come to that point in your life? You've been told that you're a sinner undone before God. You've come to realize that God has sent his son to be the savior of sinners. You've recognized these things, but have you come to the realization That he's worth more than all you have? Well, if so, let me encourage you to make this resolution. Let me encourage you right now where you are to, in essence, spiritually speaking, to sell all you have and get to Christ. That's what happens in these parables. Again, the man finds a treasure in a field, and what does he do? Well, for joy thereof, he goes and sells all that he hath and buyeth that field. Again, the merchant man comes across this pearl of great price, and when he finds it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. There is this resolution to leave off everything and get to Christ Jesus. That is the pathway to true joy. We think to ourselves that joy is found in, in popularity and in pleasure and in possessions. We think this the pathway for joy. But the man in our parable, the man who finds a treasure in a field, it says of him, for joy thereof. Christ and having Christ Jesus is the pathway to true joy. You imagine a man, perhaps, uh, let's have a, a hypothetical individual, a man in his 20s. He knows great popularity with his peers. He's seen success in business ventures. He's come to know a significant gain in his prosperity. But, but he's a, a stranger to God. He lives a life, yes, of, of outward morality, but his heart is perhaps full of sin and bitterness and other things. He's confronted with Christ. The gospel comes. He comes to recognize, I'm a sinner, lost and undone. He sees the mercy of God in Christ Jesus. He sees God's offering of grace to him in the person of the Son of God. He sees the love of God in Christ. He he recognizes the value of peace with God and forgiveness. He sees the value of the kingdom, and he resolves, I don't care about all my other possessions. I must have Christ, and nothing will stop him getting to the Savior. So there's recognition, recognition of the gospel, the realization that Christ is more valuable than all. our resolution, therefore, to get to Christ. Leading finally to the requisition of Christ. You see, all of the above would matter nothing if these individuals don't actually acquire the item. The man who finds a treasure, he buyeth that field. The man who finds a pearl of great price, he sells, and he buys that pearl. You know, the gospel presents us with obligations and commands. The verbs of faith, the action words of faith, they indicate man's responsibility to not only understand the gospel and even to value the gospel, but they must take Christ, believe, trust in Christ, come to Christ. These action verbs that that really indicate the importance of someone getting to Christ Jesus. I think of the wonderful ordinance of the Lord's Supper. It's a picture of this. You may know of Christian churches, and they meet together, and they they celebrate the Lord's Supper, and part of the ceremony is the instruction. The Lord says, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat. This is the blood of the New Testament take it and drink it. There's the obligation of the, the one who's receiving Christ by faith that they are to actually take Christ to eat and to drink. John 6 uses those terms as pictures of saving faith in Christ Jesus. Now, you understand I'm not saying that Christ is present, if you like, in the, in the bread and the cup of the Lord's Supper. I'm simply using it as a, an illustration. You can admire Christ. You can admire the gospel. But you must personally take the gospel if you're going to be saved. You must take Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Again, it may be the case that you've watched these broadcasts for several months or years and you've been considering the gospel week by week, considering Christ, and you've come to admire the content. You've admired the, the presentation of Christ Jesus. But to this point, you have not taken him to be your Lord and Savior. Today, today is the day of salvation, a day of opportunity for you. And so again, I present to you the value of the kingdom of Christ. In this kingdom is the Savior. He is offered to us in the gospel. He comes to us offered freely in the gospel. He is the Savior of sinners. Take Christ today. Take him, believe in him and know the wonderful joy, the blessedness, the preciousness of sins forgiven and peace with God. May God bless his word to your hearts. Again, remember this man when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. May God be pleased to bless his word to your heart tonight. May it be a a means where God would use this to indeed bring you to saving faith in the Savior. Let's pray together. And again, as I pray, I encourage you to pray with me. Pray for your soul. Perhaps pray for a soul of some loved one or friend who's out of Christ and you've a burden for them. They haven't come to see the value of Christ. Pray for them. Pray for them as I close this broadcast in prayer. Let's seek the face of God. Eternal God, thou art our Father in heaven. And we come and we thank you, O Lord, that you have given us the gift of your son. And we see, O Lord, in your word, the presentation of Christ coming into the world to save sinners. We thank you, dear Father, that again you loved this world to, to such a degree, an infinite degree, that you gave the one that you held to be most precious, your son, that we might by faith consider him to be precious. We thank you, dear God, for your love for lost souls. We pray for those who are watching on to this broadcast. We ask you, O Lord, that in your kindness and in your grace, the Word of God would have an effectual power in their lives, that they would, in hearing the Word, realize their own sinful condition, that they would realize that, left to their own devices, they're on their way to a lost eternity. They're without God and without hope in this world. And the wrath of God abideth upon all those that will not believe the gospel. And so we pray that they would recognize their own sinful condition and see, O Lord Christ, as the only answer. And this day may they receive him. May they take him. May they come to love him and value him as precious. We pray, O Lord, for their friends and their family, their loved ones. Save souls, we pray, in our nation at this time. Send forth the power of the Spirit of God. May the gospel go forward and may many souls come into the kingdom of God. Glorify your name. May Christ have the preeminence in whose name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.